This is Julia with Peach and Prosperity, and we are continuing our special season where we are speaking with small business owners around Atlanta to hear their stories of resilience and how they are managing through this time. And today we are so excited to be talking with Fred Castellucci, president of Castellucci Hospitality Group, and would love to begin by Fred, if you could tell us a bit about your hospitality group. Yeah, so we've got seven different businesses kind of all over the city, metro area. Uh, we have Iberian Pig in two locations, Decatur and Buckhead. We have Cooks and Soldiers in West Midtown, Double Zero uh, near Emory. Uh, we also have Sugo and Johns Creek. And then we have two restaurants in Crog Street Market, Recess and Bar Mercado. And we are big fans of your restaurant group and have enjoyed everything from your grain bowls to your pizza, and know that you have a a deep family history when it comes to hospitality. Can you tell us the abridged version of how you and your family got started doing this delicious work? Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, you know, my dad is a restaurateur, was a restaurateur, uh, as was his father and grandfather. So uh, I think at this point, it's probably genetic. I think there was a point in time where I I thought I was getting out of it, but it definitely sucks you back in. So, you know, uh, but we started out in Rhode Island uh, around the turn of the century. Uh, you know, my family's Greek and Italian, and the, uh, the Greeks and the Italians came over from uh, overseas. And, and, you know, they started businesses when they arrived here. You know, either a small Greek diner, uh, in my grandfather's case, a, a bar pizzeria. And uh, my dad grew up working kind of in the family businesses. Uh, his father did the same uh and even grandfather, uh, which is pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, and so uh, my dad had some successful businesses in Rhode Island. um, But, you know, unfortunately, things kind of went sideways for him, uh, you know, around the early 90s. And so he ended up losing everything in his businesses and was looking to, you know, for a fresh start. So I think he picked Atlanta out of uh, Forbes magazine of fastest growing cities in the country. And literally just piled three kids, a dog, and a cat into a Volvo station wagon and drove down south. So that's how we ended up in Atlanta. Uh, as far as our family restaurant story in Atlanta goes, uh, we had you know some restaurants in the suburbs, the Roasted Garlic. Uh, that's where you know I grew up working in kitchens, working the line. You know our original location. I actually managed the kitchen when I was in high school, so I was doing all the hiring and firing, ordering. Uh, you know working the line at night. Uh, so, you know, I got a trial by fire very early on. Uh, and so that led to, you know, ultimately going to school and, uh, you know, went to hospitality school at Cornell uh, to kind of learn uh, the business side of it, a little bit more professional side of it. You know, we really had a just a mom and pop business, um, you know, at the time. And then, uh, you know, I came back to Atlanta, you know, skipping a few years here. We had the, the Sugo restaurants that, you know, at the time we had some franchised relationships and, you know, we had the one company store, but it was generally going uh, poorly. And uh, so, you know, those stores started going out of business. And then, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to take over uh, a failed restaurant uh, back in 2007. Uh, so, you know, obviously a challenging time to open a restaurant, nevertheless, reopen a failed restaurant. Uh, so that was extremely challenging. But, you know, that's where my business philosophy really was formed in those early days was, you know, when you only have, you know, a handful of guests, you know, sometimes, you know, six covers coming in on a given night, you know, 
uh, four of which were friends of mine uh, on that particular evening that I remember. You know, that's that's kind of, you know, you have to make sure that those people are happy. And so that's really where our business philosophy, our mission statement, uh, which is passionately pursuing the perfect dining experience one guest at a time comes from, is really just that idea of taking care of each individual guest and, and building those relationships and that, you know, successful long-term businesses are really built on relationships. And so, you know, we really built that business one customer at a time. And that ultimately led to Iberian Pig, which was my first kind of my first original concept, one where I came up with the name and the idea, kind of put the team together and opened in Decatur Square in 2009. Uh, and that was that was a really big hit for us and kind of has just, um, you know, the rest of the story from there has just been about, you know, opening up restaurants and doing fun, unique stuff in different neighborhoods and uh, trying out new ideas and you know, trying to bring uh, concepts to Atlanta that were just unique to Atlanta and haven't hadn't been done before. Absolutely. And you have done a phenomenal job bringing creativity and hospitality elements to Atlanta. When you think about being in Atlanta and running your hospitality group here, what is it that's special about being in Atlanta? What do you take pride in being Atlantans and having created a such a wonderful hospitality business here? We love Atlanta. I mean, it's just uh, it's a city that, to me, is constantly evolving and has changed so much even just since we arrived here in, in 97, 98. You know, I think that uh, watching the growth of the city has been phenomenal, uh, but also the people that live here. I mean, it's just like people are so hospitable and nice. And, you know, we have restaurants in so many different neighborhoods from Decatur to West Midtown to Johns Creek to Buckhead. And, you know, while everybody in the neighborhoods tends to be different in their own little ways, but, you know, people are just so nice and so uh, sincere and genuine. And, you know, honestly, one of the most enjoyable parts of, you know, my job is just, you know, I get to, I get to walk into these restaurants and, you know, connect with people, you know, on a daily basis and, you know, get to be a little part of their lives and their celebrations. And, uh, you know, that's really the most enjoyable part of the job for me is just getting to meet all these wonderful people kind of on a, on a nightly basis. Of course, our business uh, right now is quite different uh, from, you know, the bustling dining rooms that we, you know, once had, you know, a few months ago, but still, you know, that, that connection, those relationships are still there, still being built. Uh, and that's to me what, you know, I get the most, you know, um, satisfaction from. Absolutely. We hear that a lot from folks that we interview for our podcast and leaning into the better times, looking back, could think of a memory uh, that's been really remarkable from building the restaurants here in Atlanta. Is there something that stands out that you would like to share? Yeah, I think about when just starting the Iberian Pig in 2009, that was such a uh, turning point for me and for us uh, as a restaurant. You know, it was my first original restaurant concept and, uh, you know, I did all the kind of, I ended up having to be the general contractor and, you know, build out the restaurant because we had run out of money and the, our original GC had actually stole our deposit and left town. And, you know, this is a recession back in 2008, 2009. So, you know, it was crazy times back then. But I, I remember, you know, showing up to take a look at the space the very first time. And I met the landlord, uh, Louis Petrulik, who, you know, unfortunately since has passed away, but you know, he, he and I like met and I remember, you know, I showed up to that meeting in like an oversized Joseph Banks suit on the Decatur Square 2009 
you know, I could not have looked more out of place. And, you know, years later, he told me, he's like, you know, if I'd known that you were like 24 when we had that meeting, I never would have leased you the space. He's like, but, you know, you wore that suit and I was so impressed with your professionalism that I said, what the hell, I'll give this guy a shot. So, you know, like, I really do think think back on, on that moment as like one of many kind of like small little turning points that kind of got us to where we are today. Yes. So glad that he took a, a chance on you all. And I want to bring us back to more modern times where we've been all struggling, but in particular, the restaurant industry. And how have you pivoted? What have you been doing during this time to keep business going and to support your community of colleagues and the community in general? I think one of the first decisions we made when things really started going sideways and when the news was really bad and restaurant dining rooms were either had had not been had been shut down already or even just the days leading up to that where we saw our business in the dining rooms completely evaporate almost overnight uh we made you know i made a decision that we were going to take a step back and not rush into you know a knee-jerk reaction of pulling the plug laying people off you know kind of like running for the hills and just waiting for this to kind of blow over i you know i strongly believe having been went through in 2000 seven, 2008, 2009, you know, really struggling to survive as a business. Uh, you know, those early days, you know, really prepared me for what we went through. And I realized like, you know, back then really, it sounds cheesy, but like where there's a will, there's a way. And like, there's always, you know, solutions to problems. You just really have to get creative and just like do everything you can to keep going and, and not stop moving. Uh, and so, you know, we were just very quick to react. And, um, you know, we got our restaurants like up on Uber Eats really quickly. Um, but we realized that wasn't going to be a long term solution because, you know, they take 30 percent of what you make. And if your sales are down 70 percent, you can't survive on 30 percent of 30 percent. We made a decision to kind of build our own e-commerce stores, um, you know, with reengineering our menus to make them more takeout and delivery friendly doing all the pho- photography ourselves to make the, the food pictures look really nice. We launched our own delivery platform. Uh, since then, we've launched, launched two different pop-up restaurants, one a steakhouse, another like farm to take out um, idea supporting local farmers. Uh, we did a, you know, we launched a feed the frontline campaign, like literally weeks before everyone else was doing it. Um, so, you know, we were very like aggressive with trying new ideas and, moving quickly and just trying to establish this new e-commerce business that was, you know, going to keep us afloat. Um, and, you know, during that time, we kept all of our managers employed. We never cut salaries. We brought back many of the hourly employees as we've been able to, you know, ramp up our takeout business. So, you know, we've, we've been able to uh, survive up until this point. Wow. That's incredible how you have pivoted and really supported the people who, who support you. And that's just incredible. And we want to ask, how can the community, how can others support you during this time? Like I said, from the very beginning, you know, we decided that, you know, the gift card deals or, you know, the, the GoFundMe pages just, you know, was not in our DNA. And, and, and I'm not, you know, talking poorly about others who have done that. It's just, you know, for me, I, I personally... Um, felt like it wasn't something that we wanted to do. And um, our goal is how can we serve the community? How can we serve our, 
our customers and our staff and um, by working and providing a service and providing, um, you know, food and nourishment. And so that's always been our primary, um, you know, goal. And so honestly, the best way people can help us is order takeout, you know, Mother's Day is coming up pretty soon. So take a look at one of our Mother's Day takeout packages. Our dining rooms are not yet open to the public. We don't feel as though uh, now is the right time to be opening uh, dining rooms to the public. And that's the decision we've made internally. So, you know, if that's, if you feel as though that's the, that's the right decision, then, you know, please do support us uh, by doing takeout because, you know, it is a very costly decision not to, uh, to remain closed at this time in the dining rooms. Uh, and we're doing so, you know, essentially for what we believe is the, is the good of the community and our staff. Absolutely. And we admire you for that. We know you've been on the front lines of these important campaigns to make sure that we all stay safe, especially the hospitality industry taking care of its customers and its employees. So thank you for that. Of course. And thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. And on behalf of my dad and myself, we wish you the best of luck and much success moving forward and hope that our listeners order lots of takeout and visit your dining rooms when they open back up.